Welcome to the Covering All Bases podcast, where we're going to discuss everything that baseball and softball players and parents need to know in order to play at the next level, whether that be high school, college, or professional. This podcast is hosted by me, TJ Moffitt, professor of kinesiology and baseball strength and conditioning coach at Cal State Bakersfield and owner of Moffitt Training Systems, and Bobby Mattia, the owner of the Bakersfield Baseball Academy and Bakersfield Braves Baseball Club. Today on the podcast, I'd like to welcome Alan Winans. Alan Winans is a Bakersfield native, graduated from Frontier High School in 2013, where he set the single-season strikeout record as a senior. He went on to play for Bakersfield College before transferring to Campbell University, where he became the Big South Pitcher of the Year in 2018 and was drafted in the 17th round by the Mets. As a minor league pitcher, he was named to the minor league All-Star Game in 2021 and 23, and he made his big league debut with the Atlanta Braves on July 22, 2023. We're excited to hear from Alan Winans. He's going to discuss his struggles and successes coming up through baseball, and I think he has a great story that will relate with a lot of players. We hope you enjoy the episode. Seven days, and I had like stand up my mattress, and I was throwing cloud balls in there. Oh, I remember you sent videos of that. That's what I mean. So yeah, we'll have to, have to, have to dial it in. Yeah, no, right, so everything happens for a reason, man. Always. So yeah, no, she always a rock star. She really is. Hundred percent. Dope family. So they're already planning. Right. They're already planning on coming out with her. Oh, so nice. She comes to visit me. Yeah. Staying, we're coming, leaving, coming home, staying for like yeah. a week and coming home, and then that's in June. Coming back out in August around the day. So they're right. already dialing it in to do all that. Right, right. They're they know. To my parents about like, hey, you know, start saving because they need you guys to be there yeah. at some point. So they're they're on that on that on the right page with that too. So we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. That's exciting. Yeah. No, it's just it be, it's January and you're planning for the birth of a baby in August. August and you're yeah. and like you're really planning. Yes, literally. like like yeah. literally really planning. I got my. Uh, car shipped, my the date of my car shipped settled, and then um, what does that settled. cost now? About sixteen hundred bucks. Oh, that's mm-hmm. not too bad. Yeah, I went through uh, Joey's brother Anthony. I asked him because I remember Doc telling me a couple years ago that he had a decent deal on shipping cars. So I was thinking about it, and uh, I hit him up, and he said it was about seventeen hundred. So and then the Braves had sixteen hundred. They're gonna try to knock off some extra fees. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it'll just come like out of my two grand. Right, yeah. The, no, the they, yeah, total would probably been like closer to 17, 18. But I yeah, but I'm just without always round fees, up. Or... Without the extra fees, the guy, my guy told me with the Braves said it would be about 1600 bucks. So yeah, sorry. And it comes out of my check. I don't worry about it. So no, you don't see it. I don't see it. So um, it gets picked up on the 7th, and I fly out on the 13th. It'll, it takes a week to get there. Yeah. On uh, February? Mm-hmm. It's so funny because when I played, that was a big thing. Our wives hated that we weren't there for Valentine's Day. I leave the 13th. So we no listen, our wives would be pissed. Uh-huh. So Toronto would be I'm like, bro, I'm flying in the morning of the fifteenth. Uh-huh. Like, you gotta be here the twelfth. I'm like, I'm flying in the morning of the fifteenth. My All wife's right. already pissed at me, bro. <laughs> you know, and they're like, just celebrate on the tenth. I'm like, it just doesn't work that way, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's not I get that's what we're gonna do. We're right here. I know. Like I get it. We're in real life, but she's not in real life. <laughs> yeah. You're just playing. You're yeah. just, it's like a couple days later, right? It's like, yeah. no, yeah. <laughs> right? I've just been off for that's like when we were buddy, like, my buddies invited me to like weddings. It's like, so you think you can tell them in June? I'm like, I nope. won't be able to come 100%. He's like, you don't think you can talk to your coach? I was like, 
Bro, that's a I, real comment. This is Alex. That's what I talked to my coach because my coach wants to keep his job. He has no say in anything that I do. He'd have to talk to the front office, and the front office would talk to the GM, and the GM would have to ask the owner if he can just have his players just frolic off in the middle of the season for weddings. It's a three-hour yeah. drive, Alan, and I'll do it. But just and listen, one game. You're only one game. You're pitching Thursday, and I told you so you're not going to be there Saturday. Yeah, no, they're they're for real. Like they like it's like just you, one you day. You said for your wedding from February 10th to October 10th, I 1,000 percent. One hundred percent, one million percent won't go, and yeah, I, can't. I can't say it any other way than that. Right. If you put it in another, hey, any of those dates, other was, than that, I'll be there. I was talking to Becky, and she'll do February twenty fourth. Okay, my bad, dude. Right. February tenth to October tenth, blackout days. Okay, so you can do the twelfth. So February tenth. <laughs> Twelve no. hours make a difference. It's, it's I'm gone on this day. I have to leave, I'm and then gone. I'm going, and that's where I'm going to be. And that day doesn't really count as the day I'm here. I'm leaving at six a.m. that day. Yeah, I'm on a flight. Okay. So yeah, it's, it sucks, but this is what it is. You really can't. You can't do anything. You got no summers. It's like COVID was cool. Yeah, you got with Joey's family at the beach in June. I'm like, what? This is sick. I had never experienced that. And then when I was hurt in '22. Uh, I was in Florida. We, we would go to the beach like 30 minutes away. Doper Beach is like 45 minutes away. So we'd go three times a week and I'm just sitting on the beach in July. I'm like, damn, this is crazy. This kind of feels like a vacation. Is this it's what people not, do? Yeah, is this, this what real people do? People do? Yeah. And then, yeah, from spring break tournaments in high school, always miss those to be yeah. a tournament. Yeah. Never could never spring, spring break. That's what, yeah. Never could do anything. Anything. I'm trying to explain <laughs> to people. You get Christmas. You never talk Well, that's why Thanksgiving and Christmas is so important to us. And you get to a certain age, you have to run. Yeah. It's like, what? I have to run over Christmas break? It, it breaks turn into <laughs> training periods. Yeah, that's what they are. That's what they turn into. If you're really actually like, serious about what you're trying to do. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I was trying to explain to somebody uh, the other day. I was like, you, you guys are, I think it was BC guys. Like, you guys are not normal. You're not normal only because you put that logo on your chest. It's like yeah. you are part of a team, so you have to do different things than your boys do that are not a part of the team. Yeah. It's like you have sometimes you have to wake up early to eat more. You have to go to training periods. You can't go out on the weekends because you have to practice or all the yeah. little things. And you're just different. You just and that's that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, it's, it's like a we sacrifice can't you be it's a sacrifice. And that's what it gets cliche too. And cliches are just for a reason though is what I've learned. And it's like it is. it's they're, they're they're annoying kind of but it's like damn they're so true. Yeah. They're so true. It's like you have to sacrifice some time if you're willing if you're trying to do some cool shit. Unless you don't want to do any cool shit and just do whatever you Cliches want. Cliches simplify stuff. They really do. They really, really do. But a, a lot of people don't want it to be simple. They think it's like this it really hard. And it, 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 yeah, it doesn't, it, there's no way it's that easy. When the kids showed up Saturday, it's I was trying easy. to explain it's, to the it's parents. Simple. Most no, simple yeah. things well, are easy. No, yeah, but it's fair enough. Yeah. It, it's, the kids showed up Saturday, and I was telling the parents, they need to be here for like two hours. That's it. Hour and forty five minutes. That's it. They don't need to be here three and four hours mm-hmm. and do all their crazy stuff. Like it's insane. Just get here for hour and forty five minutes, two hours. Throwing program, fifteen minutes. I don't know, throwing against a wall. Mm-hmm. You know, something of that nature. Yeah, you play your catch. You know what you need to do. You get what you need to, and then you can play smash ball or spike ball or whatever yeah. they call that. Hang yeah. out with your boys and <clears> have fun. But understand you gotta check cold boxes. You're trying to do some cool stuff. So Alan, get get into a, your background. Like like, what is what is your baseball journey? Yeah, all right. So, um, I mean, shoot, since I was like three, my dad put a ball in my hand, and I was playing catch with my dad since 
And then as soon as I got of age to play like little league and stuff, couldn't wait to put a jersey on it. I was always like, I went to my grandma's a lot after uh, in school. Like my parents would go work, my mom would drop me off at my grandma's, and I'd go to school at Lakeside using my grandma's address. They live over there in Silver Creek. So I'd get home from school, go to my grandma's house, and my grandma would take me to practice. And she used to always tell me they, they used to call me like Hollywood because I had one of my jersey to look a certain way. I was always I was super about it. Like from five six years old, I was so about like playing baseball. And um, my grandparents were always around, so they're, they're and bless their heart, still around. They always drove me to every practice, so I never missed any. I never had an excuse to miss anything just because my parents were working. Uh, yeah, bro, and I fell in love with it. I remember watching Sandlot in front of my grandma's TV like, on repeat three, four times in a row. They always tell me stories that I would do that, and I don't know, man. I just never not. I never not loved it, you know. I never, I never not thought about baseball. I never not thought about being a professional baseball at one point. And um, yeah, I just played every year, bro. Nine-year-old All-Stars was my first like travel ball team, and then we went and played some uh, some teams down south with all my boys. And then that summer we made our own travel team, and then the next year we made the All-Stars, and we just kind of like played travel ball every year with all my boys that I grew up playing with since I was like nine. And uh, yeah, I went to high school, Independence didn't make grades because um, I was just a knucklehead, you know, and just didn't care and didn't really understand what I was really trying to do. Just wanted to kind of have fun. Talked about sacrifice a little bit ago. Didn't really understand that at all. Uh, then my parents were like, all right, you need to be playing baseball. You want to play. Like, where do you want to go to school that's going to make you get your head out of your rear end type thing? And I was like, well, I went to Norris one year in middle school, and we moved out in Rosedale. So I met a couple of my buddies there, and they all went to Frontier. And Frontier just won the Valley Championship my freshman year. The year I didn't play, I was like, all right, what about Frontier? So there. Okay, and they found a house in the Frontier yeah. District a mile away from school and got me into the school I needed to be going to. And then that year, uh, I got pulled up for varsity uh, during the playoffs. They would pitch a little bit. We got a ring, which is cool. D2, it doesn't matter. Still sick. And <laughs> is then, the ring smaller? It's just uh, – It's But, yeah, it was cool, man. And then junior senior year, I had Monsignor and Bologna as coaches. I took lessons with Bondo from, like, 11 all the way up to, like, I was 17. Uh, so I, I understood from, like, 12, 12 years old, I was like, all right, pitching is kind of fun and what I've what I'm noticed that I'm pretty good at. Uh, but I always liked hitting and stuff. I always played all the positions. I just like when I started realizing that pitching was a thing and I could practice that, I put my attention into pitching. And then when I had to hit, I just hit. You know, I just played yeah. shortstop where I played first. I uh, tried to be as athletic as I could. But I think around like 14, 15, I was like, all right, pitching is that's my thing. I'm trying to be the best pitcher on my team. I'm trying to do this and that. I'm trying to go to school, trying to play pro ball. And uh, just really never really understood about grades and how important they were to like get me to where I wanted to be, you know? Yeah, we've been talking a lot about how the, the grades are kind of the, the prerequisite to get Dude, to play it's baseball. Like, it's not even on the radar for some kids, and it wasn't on my radar. And I wish I just wish it would have been through my own, only my own fault. Like, I just wish I had paid more attention to what people were saying, you know? Um, but, yeah, and then uh, after Frontier, I realized I was pretty good. And then I went to BC for a couple of years, but I thought I was good for Bakersfield. I wasn't really understanding how good you had to be in terms of being, like, a professional guy, you know, a Division One guy. Um, but yeah, I went to BC for a couple of years. I pitched pretty well. Got a chance to go to Campbell. Um, Campbell was another eye opener. Got got out there, just partied, and freaking didn't go to class, and did boom, ineligible again. So that was a wake up call. And I was just thinking, like, all right, I need to stop trying to fly through the cracks a little bit. Just quit trying to skate by and actually put some effort into it, you know. And that's that's when I kind of like probably matured a little more. I was probably 21 at that time, thinking like, damn, baseball's about to be over. So I redshirted and I didn't make grades redshirted. And the next year I was like, all right, I got to get do my thing. And I got, I pressed real hard and I ended up having like 
a six and a half ERA that, that year. I was a Friday guy. I was a big recruit. I was supposed to be the guy. And then, uh, yeah, I just didn't pitch well, man. Just got rocked and walked guys and just didn't compete at all. That year was over, like a six and a half ERA. And I was just like, damn, like, I got one more year. My fifth year, I might be done playing baseball. I might as well just try to enjoy it as much as I possibly can. So as soon as I did that, bro, I, I, I relaxed and I just took off. I had a great year and that gave me a chance, man. And then I started playing pro ball. Six years later, here we are. Pretty cool, man. Yeah. Crazy. Great story. Yeah, it was crazy. It really was. But, um, yeah, after Campbell, I, I just felt like there was more in there, you know. I just felt like I needed to do way more with what I was – the opportunity I was given, you know. I just couldn't stomach me stopping to play right then. Like, that my, yeah. my, my baseball career being over right then. And then after I had a good year, I was like, damn, they might be, give me a chance to throw ball. And they did, drafted me, and that was the second best day of my life at the time. Because I graduated, I graduated on time, and I, yeah. I don't think that was really ever supposed to be in the cards, you know. At least in my brain, it wasn't supposed to be in the cards. Because after I didn't make grades, I was just like, "Damn, what am I doing?" Changed my major, ended up graduating on time on, uh, as my yeah. as a senior year, and did a year of my master's that fifth year. I had, uh, and I had less time to go to class. I had more to get more time to focus on baseball that year too, which was nice. And then without that fifth year, bro, I don't ever get a chance to have a good year without yeah. not making grades. So. I truly, truly believe everything happens for a reason, man. We're just not really aware of that reason all the time until, you know, maybe years later, if, if ever. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I try to put a little trust in the system a little bit, you know. And then, yeah, give me a chance. And I just had to pitch my way into a, a job pretty much every year after that because throwing 90 in the bullpen doesn't really get a lot of jobs. But I had to be gross, so I started getting really paid attention to off pitches and, you know, learning what guys like to do when they're in the box and just beating guys, learning how to beat guys with stuff that a lot of guys wouldn't necessarily think I could beat guys with, you know? Yeah, it's not the uh, prototypical average major league fastball. Not necessarily, bro, no. But uh, there's some things that make me – that have – like they give me some outliers and they give me a good chance. But um, this game now, bro, it's like all fastballs and hard sliders and not quite what I do, but that makes me a little different. The game was like that 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing, the Nolan Ryans, the Rob Dibbles, the right. uh, Randy Johnsons. Um, you know, fast was fast, but I, I say to the kids all the time, you can name, I think there's there's more now, 780 big leaguers, and each team carries 13 pitchers. Mm-hmm. There's 390 pitchers, and you guys can name 50 of them, which means there's 340 Allen Wines mm-hmm. in the big leagues. And the guys that you can name, are they hundred mile an hour hard throwing right. guys? Right. But then there's you know that group of guys. The other three hundred and forty dudes are just guys like you and mm-hmm. trying to keep a job and do your stuff. Um, hitting on it's funny because uh, Alan just made the comment like figuring it out. When we talked about it, everybody figures it out at some point, mm-hmm. and you had that opportunity to figure it out while you were still in the game. Right. And, and my big kick right now is telling parents and kids, you know, everybody figures it out eventually. Don't be one of the 95 percenters that figures it out when it's too late. Right. And, and given the opportunity for the parents, I'm, I'm real, I get frustrated when they're 15, 16 year old kid and the parents like, oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. And it never maps out that way. And you just have to trust. You got to trust. God's got a plan for all of us. Mm-hmm. And it's never our own plan. You know, you never 
process it that way. And it's like, and the sooner the better. And any of us listening to this, talking, doing whatever, it's always seems like the later the better. Right. And then, you know, you get to our boys. That's what I tell our boys all the time. When the when your parents drop them off, they get to watch Alan and Logan and the college boys. You know, you get to watch them and they watch them prepare and work. And I always say the boys come in with their earbuds on and they knock it out for 45 minutes to an hour. And then the earbuds come off and they visit with the kids. Mm-hmm. And your kid walks in with his cell phone and sits down for 15 minutes and then hits it hard for about 10. Right. And then gets right on his cell phone for like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, and we'll point out to them, you know, you can't do it that way. Yeah. There's a, there's yeah. a, I, I, I think when I was younger, I was always like fixated on the idea that I was somehow different. I didn't need to do this because I was good enough to do that and this and that. It's like dude, there's there's a time when someone tells you that it, whatever you think like naturally you can do, there's like a, a cutoff point where that doesn't really quite get it done anymore. And uh, a lot of the time, it's at that point where we're like, damn, I just realized that, and it's too late. I'm out of the game, or high school's over, or yeah. junior college is over, and or even I go to Division One or even four year, and that's over because it goes by so fast. You know, it's like I wish I, I you can understand some of that early, and then you can put that into your work. You know, but if you work and you don't understand that, all of a sudden you don't have a chance to work anymore. You know, so it's it's weird. It's weird how that how that uh, everybody kind of fits 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 into that like um, honey hole of uh, work ethic. You know, it's like everybody has to hit this metric in terms. Of, everybody everybody works hard, and it's like you can't get to a certain level without doing that. And some people think they can just skip that part because they're naturally talented. It's like you have to put that into it. You know? No matter what, there's no excuse. Like everybody has to to work hard. You know what I mean? There's no way around that. Yeah. In how fairness, did, my bad. Yeah, but yes, yeah. How did your work ethic change going from high school to junior college to Campbell, all the way to the majors now? Uh, yeah, so I, I don't think I really understood what the weight room was going to get me until I was probably at Campbell, and then I was thrown into it, and that was like, and then physically, you know, I wasn't quite ready to do all the things that a Division One athlete needs to be required to do, you know. So that was a little bit of a wake up call, um, but physically, it was like. I've always been a decently mobile guy, but I didn't understand what, how that was going to aid me. I didn't really tap into it as much. Um, and then now it's like realizing what I'm asking my body to do. I need to be X amount of strong, you know, I need, yeah. I need to have a certain metric of strength to even be able to do what I'm asking my body to do. So I think in the beginning it was a lot of like paying attention to the arm because we're pitchers and like the arm is the most important thing and long toss and arm care and shoulder care and that kind of stuff. But uh, I think a lot of the stuff that took a back seat was – core strength and leg strength and like be uh, understanding that you're doing a really dynamic and like uh high intense movement on a pitch you know so it's like it happens really fast you need a lot of strength to do it and it's like just the understanding of what you're asking your body to do you know yeah i think now it's like i'm getting a lot better at um prepping my body before i throw uh kind of like checking the certain boxes that are going to make me feel good that day and before it was like ignorantly going about making my, my body feel good just because i was doing what people told me I was supposed to be doing versus what actually made me good, made me feel good. So um, obviously putting some people around me that are a lot smarter than yeah. me has helped me a lot. Um, and, uh, but in terms of like when I was younger to now, way more emphasis on my body versus just paying attention to my arm. There's yeah. a combination of that. It's like making sure I feel my body and I'm paying attention to what my body's telling me and then uh, prepping it like I know how to. When Alan came home this off season, uh, me, Alan, Kyle, TJ, we, we love to go golfing together and it's not, it's probably more like flogging or something. I don't know. It's not really golf, but 
We have fun it's riding around it. the cart. Yeah, yeah. We it, we have we tell great stories and it's fun and we just go to whoever hit the best drive, right? And play from there. But balls. normally, Alan, the saucy, yeah, for sure. We go to Alan balls, and uh, and sometimes when Alan came home this off season, he was injured, and this goes into play. You know what we talk about all the time. You, I just said to a kid, fifteen um, year old kid, this weekend. Nobody cares how good you are at fifteen. Nobody cares how good you are at sixteen. We only care what happens your senior year. And by then, hopefully you have some acknowledgement of your body and your body movements mm-hmm. and taking care of it. It's minimal, but at least you're it's, aware. It's, you're aware of it. And uh, Alan came home this off season. And the first thing he said to me was, I can't golf. <laughs> and I started laughing because in my mind, I'm like, okay, he's got to get really prepared, go back this year, spend an entire season, and then hopefully things will start panning out for him. And the first thing that you had said was, I can't golf. And I started laughing. And it was one of those things where he had some back strains and he had to strengthen his back. And don't know if he would have grasped that at 22, 23 years old. Um, probably still would have hit golf balls because no he wasn't golfing. But <laughs> now it's like, you know, 27, a little more mature, understanding you know, doing his thing. And so I don't think he's even seen his golf clubs. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast and everything else is like, can we get your kid at 22, you know, to be 27, Yeah, no you doubt. know, 23 to be 27 instead of being 27. And I, I still vividly remember him telling me I can't golf. Like mm-hmm. I got to fix my back. This <laughs> is just kind of, and as we talk today, for for the for our players that are listening, our athletes, boys and girls, Alan's still working on stuff. Mm-hmm. We said video out, do all kinds of stuff. It's like you're always working, and if you listen to athletes, you'll always say they're trying to master their craft. And there's guys in their 30s mm-hmm. trying to master their craft. There's a guy named Bill Belichick in his 70s who has to get a new job who's trying to master his craft. Right. You know, so that doesn't ever go away. You know, you're not, uh, it's always just trying to be a little better. Right. Yeah, I think it was like a perspective thing for me too. It's like the season's over. So that means I earned myself an off season. I earned myself some relaxation time. And I earned myself some golfing and some not some get away from the baseball type, you know, like, and, and you need that. You need to be able to get away from the game. And I would use golf as that during the season on the off day. We'd go play and it's a good thing to go do. Um, but I think my mind was just like, all right, so now it's like I my body is, 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 has done what I've asked it to do. Now it's like I can shut that part of my brain off and go relax and enjoy what I've, what I've done for the year. It's like, but really, it's like I'm not going to be on the tour next year, you know, but I, I might not be in the big leagues next year. So I know in the past off seasons where I was trying to earn a job and go into spring training the best version of myself, I was playing golf two, three times a week, going to the range a couple times. This off season, I have not touched my clubs. They have been in the back of my garage. They're getting dust all over them. Have not touched them one time. Perfect. Since October, right? I have put 15 pounds on this off season. I train. I go. To, I go work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I go to Terrio Tuesdays and Thursdays. I throw six times a week. Every single day, I have something to go do, right? And in the off season, there, there's no difference from this off season. There should be no difference from this off season to my previous off seasons. But I can tell you right now, there's no way I was able to eat as much as I was eating right now while I was playing golf that much. There's no way I was able to get. 
the recovery in that I needed uh, for my body playing golf that much. There's no way I was sleeping enough uh, going to bed at 11 p.m. and waking up at 6 a.m. to go get a 7 o'clock tea time and then missing breakfast and then scarfing something down before I would go throw. And then now I'm at 2 p.m. in the day and I've eaten 800 calories. But I got around the golf and I shot 82, you know, and I spent $45. But really, I, I, I have less money now. I have less time on my hands now to the day. I have no calories in my body. And I'm supposed to go report to spring training in a couple months. It's like the, my perfect. My, You're right on track. I was right on track. I was like, I'm ready to go. I broke 80. And uh, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And it's just that perspective, you know, it's like what, what my, what my, um, oh my God, what, what's that word I'm thinking of? What my, uh, what you need to pay attention to. Like your mindset. My priorities are. Your priorities, my priorities yeah. are. And my priorities are just so jacked up. And I thought I earned to be able to relax like that. I earned an off season to be able to chill and not like be on top of my stuff. But then this off season, I feel like I've, I've worked the most and it's been the easiest off season. You yeah. know, it's such a, it's just a shift of my perspective and my time, my time management. It's like, dude, my body feels so much better. I've actually been giving my body what it needs. Like I'm giving myself yeah. some love, you know, and then past off seasons, I get to spring training and I'm, I walk in there and I'm tied up and one side's longer than the other <laughs> side. My, my back hurts. My, my hips are sore. And I'm like, it's January. Like, I have 160, 160 games left to go and I'm already hurting. And then by the time April hits, I'm two outings in and I'm in the ice bath and I'm like, what's going on? Why does my body feel like this? So I'm hoping that this year that I, I have a little bit more strength in terms of uh, like throughout the whole entire season, you know, I don't, I don't my body doesn't break down as fast and, you build There's a no foundation. Way. Yeah, you build a foundation. There's just no way I, I think about these guys when I was younger, watching the Kershaws and the Scherzers and the Verlanders and all these guys that pitch 15, 20 years and doing it at an elite level. It's like these guys are in the big leagues. It's really impressive. They're really, really good. But these guys that stay healthy and do it for 15 years at an elite level, they're, what they're asking their bodies to do is insane. And then to go execute that well and feel good enough to be able to execute, it's insane. And to, to, to think what those guys are doing, Versus like what I was doing before. It's like, no wonder I was hurting. No wonder I wasn't where I wanted to be, you know? Um, so, yeah, the golf is fun, man. I love it to death and it will always be there. But uh, putting some, some, some love into, my, into myself and, and giving my body what it needed has been like such a game changer for me. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to having a really big year because of that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. There's a, I remember being a kid and, and when a kid, early 20s, and they were saying that you, reach your peak at 27, 28 years old. And I was thinking that's the most insane thing I've ever heard because at 23, I am a freaking specimen. Right. Yeah. And Absolutely. I can unit. run and throw and I'm a unit, dude. Yeah. Like this is it. But what happens is your mentality gets on track. Right. And you're not as physically gifted at 27 or 28 that you were at 22, 23, but you're so mentally far ahead of it and more than makes up for that it makes up for it and then you realize we were talking earlier about cliches mm -hmm. and how funny they're but less is more for sure and then you start realizing that you know you realize less is more and and that's when everything starts gelling together and, and then i i mean i pray for my boys to play at 27 28 years old because that's when you start figuring it out you just pray that you stay healthy you have Those a are all the, to see that yeah, yeah you, if you get a chance to see that that's like the real deal. The guys that, you know, hit it at 19, 20, 22 years old, mm -hmm. there's probably some background in there, whether it being from Latin America where they, you know, didn't have the, they were all ineligible, but nobody cared. Right. You know, it didn't matter. It didn't, you know, 
kids that maybe didn't come from the gated community mm-hmm. homes and so their their desire is a little different but if you can get to that point where you're 27 28 year old you know years old and for the parents listening your 20 year old is not 27 you know as much as you want them to be 27 years old right. you want her to be 27 years old they're really not they're still yeah. 20 and then we just try to take the path of least resistance mm-hmm. i guess is another cliche yeah, I think, too, for me, it's like when I was 18, I really wanted to be 18, you know? I really wanted – I was 21, I really wanted to be 21. I didn't want to be like I – didn't, I didn't want That's to, like, to have to, to, to deal with all the responsibilities, I guess. I wanted to enjoy the age I was at, and I just wish that I could have thought of myself as, like, a 23-year-old when I was 18. Like, what would a 23-year-old be doing right now? What would, a, what would an 18-year-old be doing right now when I was 15, you know? And I, instead of just – being so fixated on enjoying my time, like I think it's a really good perspective to have and a really good mindset to like be where your feet are, kind of thing. Be in the so, moment, yeah. Be in the moment, yeah, for sure. But it's like you'd be so much better off, and as a person in society, as a person that grows and that, that lives to be eighty-five or whatever the person us humans do, like you'd be so much better off if you took that perspective as like if I was a couple of years older, what would I be doing, you know? And I, I think that would really help. And it's hard to see that though because you're not a couple of years older and you are where you are right now. It's like that's why you have to listen to people that one did it before you did or that are a little older than you. Usually it's your parents or an older brother and it's like, or a coach. And it's like, it sounds like mundane. It sounds annoying to hear, but it's like, you just can listen to what they're saying. It'll help you out. Like, I wish I, I did that when I was younger, but obviously we don't have like the awareness of that. Yeah. They're, they're telling you that for a reason. Cause, yes. cause they already made those mistakes. They exactly. want you to make the same mistakes that, that they made. <laughs> but for some reason, we just want to still make those same mistakes. Like, no, we know better. That's what we do as parents. That's that least the, the path of least resistance. We yeah. want to put you, most of us parents are, we really went on some really cool paths that had a lot of resistance. Mm-hmm. So we want you on that. But the whole time when you were talking right there, I was just thinking that's not meaning, not even subconsciously. I was thinking that's the baseball school. Mm-hmm. We surround all our younger kids with older kids. And but we have the most, and- yeah, but we have the most phenomenal older kids mm-hmm. they're they're unbelievable kids and so for we were the young kids, for a kids. for a parent of a 12 13 year old kid to not stick your kid around a elijah Britt or a james kroniger or mason friesen or one of those you're insane mm-hmm. like those, so those boys are work. if i left out a couple of you boys sorry it's right. not on purpose but but they are they're unbelievable young men you know, and they, but the funny part is, and I say it all the time, I look over the past of the young men that, that are created just come from our older boys. Yeah. And that starts from Kent Sakamoto, Kyle G, Grant Desme, Daniel Anaya, down to the Yoder boys, down to, you know, just yeah. the Moffats, the TJ, you know, you're, you, you had all these guys burning this path for you and, and, and they weren't. You know, I don't, Alan and I share the same story, um, ineligible in high school and ineligible in college. So I, I did the exact same thing. So when it comes to talking school with your kids, um, I think we're more, it's beneficial for them to speak with us. Yeah. Cause like yeah. we were for real. I actually said to one of my college coaches, my first college report card was five C's and two A's. Mm-hmm. And he brought me in the office and said, I am not paying for your school for this. And I literally, I'm 19 years old. I just grew up different, apparently. And I right. said to him, my ERA will be better than my GPA. And he grabbed my report card and said, you better pitch your ass off. Yeah. And I told him. 
I, but I remember telling him that, and I remember him looking at me puzzled, like, where did that come from? Right. But I was that same. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was the exact same kid, man. Ineligible. It was crazy. It was, and you're not, you're not in the moment. I was never six months ahead. Right. You just don't, you don't, you know what I mean? It's like delayed gratification. What an idea, you know, what a, what a, what a thing to grasp, you know, if you can just grasp that, uh, your life would be in great shape. You know, if you can just understand, like I will help myself out in the future by doing hundredfold, hundredfold, hundredfold. That's what I mean. It's just insane. And I think too, it's like, we don't, I have this, it's kind of funny. I actually thought of this, my running theory, my working theory. Uh, I thought of it out here hitting ground balls. Some of the kids during COVID. And I was just like, my, my, my theory is that 80% of people suck at most things they try to do. Just across the board, they're not very good. And I was hitting ground balls, and I was just like, the fun going. I was like, all right, you take 100 people off the street, random people from age 70 to age 12, and you give them this fun go, and you tell them to toss the ball up to themselves and hit a four or five hopper in the general shortstop area. How many people do you think would be able to do that? Five. Five. Okay, five. Five percent. Okay. That's not fair, Alan. Not everybody can swing a fungo. Think of something else. Book a book a weekend vacation on Verbo for you know less than the market value of whatever that would cost. Book a or an eighth grade algebra problem. Get hundred people on yeah. the street. Ninety five, eighty five to ninety percent of those people are getting it wrong. My point is though, when when we're in the baseball school or we're on a team or in class, like we're hanging out with our friends, we are surrounding ourselves usually with like minded people. Right? Yeah. People that are similar to us, that have similar views, maybe they, they banter like you do, you can bounce ideas off each other. Generally the same kind of thinking. But when you get older and you get out in the real world and you talk to this guy at McDonald's or you talk to this guy at UPS and I was like, how did you get through school? How did you get, how are you, how are you still functioning in society right now? You are realizing that people are kind of like not very good at stuff. You don't realize it because you're always around people that are, that are also really good. Decently good at stuff. Have like 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 minded things, and they they have awareness, and they have critical thinking skills, and just things that come from hanging out usually with some older guys when you're young. They start teaching you the ropes. They start hey hey, don't say dumb stuff because someone's gonna talk shit to you. Like you're gonna, you're gonna make you feel bad because you said something dumb. So maybe shut your mouth and think about something before you say it. And you learn a couple of little things and nuances about being in small groups. You start l- learning how to become a leader. You start learning how to become a, a listener. You don't you know how to take directions and all this stuff. And then you get to the real world and not a lot of people were on a team. And, and back to my point earlier, it's like, you're different. You're, you're immediately different by being a part of this team. You're going to be better off in a society when you have these, these small skill sets that come along with being a part of the team when you're young, you know? So I think I've always thought that was kind of funny, but yeah, my 80% it's like you go along in the whole world. Most people are bad at these things, but you just have to like weather yeah. the storm most of the time and just kind of like make sure you take care of you and your own and get a whole small little corner of the world. Get away from it. Buddy, man. Dude, this yeah. is God's man. honest truth. I've said if I if we could have a dollar for every parent I've said this to uh-huh. in the past twenty five years, okay? What is it? What's your biggest fear for your kid? I don't want my kid to be dumb, right? Like I don't want him to be the dumb one. And I say to them, how many people do you come in contact during the week? And they're like, I don't know, five hundred people, a hundred right. people, whatever. And I go, how many of those are dumb? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, ninety percent of them. Oh, and I'm like. So we just got to get them like 10%. Not, it's not that hard. It's, it's like if you were a boss not, and had 100 people, you're not hiring 100, 100, all 100 of these people. You're going to decipher who's the good ones and the smart ones, and you're going to come down to about 10 of them. 
maybe. And right. Like, maybe yeah. I'll hire three of these guys out of the yeah. ten that you but, whittled it down to. Yeah, it's you know? it's funny. The whole time you're saying it, I'm laughing over here, just like like I say this all the time. I'm surrounded by and and we we don't mean it negative like we're smarter. No. You're talking to two ineligible guys I'm and a guy with his masters in biomechanics I'm and kinesiology. We were on different uh wavelengths when it comes to that, but but it's like just dumb. Like you know, don't say any just you're better off not saying anything. Street smarts, man. Some feel. There, there's you know? twenty parents right now telling their kid, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell you to it's you know, let good. it process. I, I do a thing with the boys, probably more for your parents, and I would say more for my boys to my moms. I tell them all the time, and I'll touch my brain. I'm like, it has to go from your brain to your heart to your mouth. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, things will be better for you in life. But it goes straight from your brain to your mouth. Right. And then when it fires out, you upset your mom, your sister, your wife. Right. Like even me, you know, on a wife, sometimes it just fires from my brain to my mouth and I can't grab it back. Mm. You know, I'm like, I didn't mean to say it that way because <laughs> I really didn't. Right. But I didn't let it go to my heart before I let it spurt out. This episode of the Covering All Bases podcast is sponsored by the Bakersfield Baseball Academy and the Bakersfield Braves Baseball Club a nonprofit organization with the mission of helping kids get to college, hopefully to play baseball, but really to get an education and have a successful career in the future. If you'd like to support the podcast and the Bakersfield Braves Baseball Club, please send us a direct message at the Bakersfield Baseball Academy Instagram at Bakersfield Baseball Academy or send us an email at bakersfieldbraves at gmail.com. It's your support that allows the podcast to keep going and to help kids get to the next level. We encourage you to donate, and you will get a shout-out on the Covering All Bases podcast with your donation. Now let's get back to the show. I saw a really cool video the other day. It was Des Bryant talking to, on a podcast. And uh, one of the guys asked him, was like, how do you break the mold like from what you had as a kid versus what you, because you have kids now. And one of the guys asked him, was like, how do you break that mold? And he was like, give me a second. He's like, I have something on my phone. And he, he pulls it out and he's like, uh, he reads like a quote. And it was like, don't yell at your kids before they go to bed and expect them to have a good night's sleep. And then don't yell at your kids when they wake up in the morning and expect them to have a good day at school. You know, it's like, instead of being the kid's inner critic you become the, your kid's inner voice and i was like that's a really cool way to like put it and it, it, it was is. like i'm about to have a, a son coming up in august you know it's like I've, I've always i've been thinking about like how i'm gonna be as a parent how i'm gonna be as a dad like if he wants to play baseball what are the things i'm gonna tell him what are the things i'm gonna tell him to look out for and little things like that which is gonna be cool but it's like that was a really cool way to, to put it i think is to be his inner voice and not his inner critic because as soon as you kind of blurt out like you were saying it goes to your brain right to your rear to your mouth yeah. and you blurt out something and it's like that kid's going to think about that for weeks. And you might have forgot what you just said in that five-second little spurt. For sure. But it's like I, I can think back to some of the stuff my parents said randomly, not even good, not even bad, just random, that I can vividly remember them saying that I can put myself right in that that, that position in my life. And I can think about me thinking about that for years to come after that. It's like, why do I remember that? But they do, and these kids are sponges. So it's like when they're around these older kids and then like around, around guys like me and Logan and, and Tommy and, and TJ and, and yourself, it's like we can tell them the stories and they – they learn from our experiences and it's like, it's just, it's a cool thing that most of these kids won't get if they don't get exposed to that stuff really. Like 
bring them out to the baseball school. Put your kids into stuff. You For know? sure. Get them yeah. into sports. Get them into a band. Get them into something. Anything. Anything yeah. so they can be a part of a group. A group, yes. With, with the same age kids. It's like they're going to start realizing what life is like and how you communicate with others. It's like that's all what it comes down to be. If you're a teacher, you're a principal, or you're a boss, at some point you're an elite communicator and you got yeah. through to the next level because of that. It's like teach your kids that. It, it teaches them without even you, you can go and go about your day and you can go to work and not have to think about your kids actually getting good values instilled into them, you know? Yeah, we we do a lot for the kids. We we really try to set a great example mm. for our kids and most of the time. But well, we don't always <laughs> we don't always succeed, yeah. but we, we try our it's best. our hearts in the right place. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're we're trying our best to set a good example and, and hope they can go on the right path. It's going to be their path. Yeah, and that's another thing too. It's like no matter what, you can't. You can what's that? What's that saying? You can bring a horse to water, but you can't get him to drink. drink. Yeah, make him drink, man. Holy shit! That's why I get that with my nephew right now, dude. He's sixteen. It's like, dude, you need to be doing this and this and this. Just trust me. He's like, all right, all right. He doesn't do any of it. That's the hard part. They, he doesn't they don't... go home and knock his homework out real fast. He doesn't go home and make a smoothie. He doesn't go do his hundred pushups a night. He doesn't go do his sit-ups. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't do any of the things that would benefit him so much as a 16 year old boy, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I wish you just realized when you're 18, you'd be like, damn, I got these skinny arms and I got like, I got no confidence. And it's like, dude, you're, you, you build that yourself. You just have to, you know, understand what you need to be doing to get that yeah. and then actually do it. Yeah, I heard a good quote. It's uh, don't give up what you want later for what you want right now. Mm-hmm. And that's that, that whole delayed gratification. No it's not going to be easy. The road's not easy. Like you can tell it from your experience. Oof. Like your road is not easy, mm-hmm. but like you have necessary. to go through that. Necessary, man. No, yeah, I think you have to go through the hard times. It's funny because listening to Alan's story, um, I'm telling you right now from, this is how good I remember it, from Bondo, Aaron Bond, local guy, played for me in college. Um to Valini and Monsier, probably two of the top five coaches ever in Bakersfield. To Coach Payton, I don't know, top three pitching coach, mm-hmm. you know, in the state of California, at least, if not more. To Justin Hare, who's one of the best college baseball coaches mm-hmm. right now one in the country. One of the best leaders and one of the best motivators. Well, just, it, He's the best man. I, yeah. I don't know. I didn't play for Hare, but I have a lot of kids that played for him, mm-hmm. and I don't have a bad kid. He's unreal. To go to the pro ranks, like Allen's had that unbelievable coaching tree. Like, it's really unreal. It is. And you still go through your setbacks, and you're, you know, you go through all this stuff, so it's not, it's not the end of the world, and it's that your nephew, you know, He's going to be a 95 percenter. Mm. You know, he's going to figure it out after it's too late. Or he'll be a 5 percenter, right. you know, that figures it out in time. And it's like. Usually I, that's right in time, too, for those 5 percenters. Yeah. It's like, there's something freaking time. Like, it's not like yeah. I figured it out. Uh, or like, I'm still trying to figure it out. But it's like, I didn't. I got I got the last second, you know, at the very yeah, last second. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, finish, you finished the race and Boom, got to point second qualify. Line. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. qualified. To go to the next race. Mm-hmm. I lived win. in a 80-footer to make the cut. Yeah, exactly. Literally. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good way to put it. I made an 80-footer to make the cut to go yep. to the next round. To try to figure out my wedge game tomorrow. Right. If I didn't make that putt, then I wouldn't have had a chance to figure it out. No, that's, no, yeah. that's a really good way to put it. 
Yeah, and it's there's there's a lot of those guys. You know what I mean? Guys that you just gotta when you figure it out, you just gotta figure it out. And at some point, and, and I think that's the one thing. I, I me personally, I try too hard to get them to figure it out too early. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to let them fail. Cliche, you know. <clears throat> and you I know. had to fall hard on my face before I was like, "Damn, I really am not that special." I really actually have to put the work in like everybody else says I had to. You know, it's just like a little bit of ignorance, a little bit of ego, a lot of bit of ego probably, and just probably a lot of bit of ignorance and a lot of bit of ego. Yeah. Combination <laughs> of that. Think, yeah. yeah. And it just transpires and then all of a sudden it's too late. And it's, I probably happens to so many people. So I'm like, I got lucky, bro. That's I got lucky with you guys, too. you know, like being able to have this place uh, going into like all my off seasons has been such a blessing, bro. Like seriously. I've been telling like other guys, like, what do you do in the off season? Like, what do you, oh, I, do I drive an hour? I gotta do this. It's like I gotta go to this, my high school gym because it's fourteen yeah. degrees outside. I'm just like, damn, like, I gotta feel that's open to me at any time, bro, because I got a dope ass dude over back home. So, it's, I, Bobby, for real, for me, not even just me, man. This place means so much to so many people, bro. Especially like me, I didn't even play for you. I did not even play for Bobby. Like, I did not go to BBA. I did not play in a single summer. I might have put a Braves jersey on one time for right, one yeah, tournament, right, you know. Just- not, uh, just because of like now you're in the baseball world and that's kind of how it works. But uh, for real, man, this without this place, bro, a lot of guys wouldn't even be close to where they are. And especially me, I'm not, I'm not excluded you. from that. So, um, and and I know I can't even I can't even put into words, bro, what some of these other guys would be able to say. And I, I know we met like five, we met a long time ago, but got close over the last like six years since mm-hmm. I've been pro ball and stuff like that. But yeah, man, as a man, bro, I love you. You're you're, you're a great person to to have around. And uh, uh, seriously, I wouldn't be uh, where I'm at without you, bro. So. I mean that a lot, and I and I'm not even the only one, bro. There's so many guys. So having this place, dude, has been such another blessing. Like all these coaches you talked about, just having a facility that you can go to, bullshit, get your work in, come hang out. It's such a special spot that not a lot of other people uh, get a chance to to, um, to like enjoy. I've yeah. seen a lot. I've played with a lot of players from a lot of different places of the country uh, that don't have this, man. So it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty special. Yeah. And we're super blessed. Thank you. No man. doubt. No doubt. Because, I mean, I've, and you guys back, you know, back to all my boys that he's talking about. It goes to all of them. It goes to my city firefighters and my county firefighters mm-hmm. and my highway patrolmen and my sheriffs and my BPDs and my teachers. And, you know, it's it's not the baseball players. Mm-hmm. And like, how many people do those guys, like, reach out to and put their, like, their touch on, you know? Like, Always. You know, you've reached so many different people just by having this place in the middle, man. It's, been, it's, it's pretty, it's, been, it's yeah. pretty special. It's, it's, um, it's God-driven. Mm-hmm. I tell the kids that all the time. You know, they get confused when I light them up. You know, they're like, wait, 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 what about the God driven thing? <laughs> I'm like, God's driving me right now. I'm my foot. Right now. Size 12 up your arse and freaking. Yeah. <laughs> but I tell them all the time, Jesus' disciples were pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I say that to them sometimes. So, but no, I appreciate it. And it, it goes to all, you, all my boys. Mm-hmm. Like, just. Like I said, from the from my teachers to firefighters to professors, yeah. it, it's not it's not a baseball thing. Yeah, no. it's a man thing. And it's oh, by the way, thing, yeah. I tell people that all the time. Baseball brought us together. Like that's a that was a common bond that brought us together. But it just goes way farther than that. No doubt. You know, and it, it makes it kind of cool. You kind of, I mean, me personally, I'm super lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, I got, the, I got the best wife in the world. I got the best kids in the world, the best grandkids. Mm-hmm. And then I have this abundance of people that just, we just love to love. Mm-hmm. We don't, I mean, we don't argue. 
doesn't right. mean we don't disagree. Doesn't mean there's not even you know fighting sometimes, but but it's always kind of that family type thing. No, it's no. a family environment. That's oh, that's yeah. what you know. And it doesn't matter if it's your son or your daughter. We just kind of keep in check. Accountability, big word for me. No doubt. And when we can get, my brain's going a million miles an hour because I got to get Alan's nephew over to the baseball school. <laughs> I know, bro, I know. But uh, it, it has. Ever since you brought that up, I'm just like, all right, we just get him over I here. Wanted, he was a frontier. I wanted to bring him out here once in a while. He's just a different kid, man. Not 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 into sports, not really into it. Just, uh, it's all right, though. He's just yeah, different, man. He's just he's, he's his own person, and I love him for that. I just wish he had a little more like motivation. Because I, I sure. think that's another thing. It's like when you don't have uh, a thing you're into, right. you don't have a hobby or you don't have a sport, a band instrument, you know, uh, any kind of thing other than just sitting on your phone or sitting in a video or sitting on a video yeah. game. You don't have something like that, man. You don't have a lot of direction. You don't have a lot of purpose, it seems like, you know? Yeah. Especially when you're 16 or 15. It's like that's a, that's a critical time to feel yeah, like you have definitely. something that you want to be doing in your life, you know? Because then you get to 19 and then the real world's in and you don't have any type of skill set or any type of interest. And then you're supposed to just go out into the real world and supposed to survive. That's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Super hard. Yeah. So what, what advice would you, if you could go back in time and, and talk to, you're talking about your nephew, but talk to, uh, to high school Alan Winans. Mm-hmm. What would you tell high school Alan Winans? High school Alan Winans, I would tell him to, uh, I would tell him to have as much fun as you possibly can, which I think he did a good job of that. I think he did a good job of that. Uh, but I would tell him to have as much fun as he possibly can and to pay attention to um, his body. Like, I would, I would try to get as strong as I possibly could. Because, uh, like, if I if I told myself at 18 that I was going to have 10 more years of playing, I, I would have been like, all right, I'm definitely going to be, like, get as strong as I possibly can because I know I have time to – I know it's going to eventually work out. I think that when I was younger, I was so fixated on being good enough to, to play at the next level and like proving to myself, proving to my teammates and stuff like that my coaches that I was going to go to the next level and I was very fixated on like the skill portion of the game, um, which I think helped me uh, to a certain yeah. point. But um, again, I, I was able to play longer than a lot of people have. So I was able to continue to tap into that. Uh, but I think when I was younger, I would just make sure I was as strong as I possibly could be. I ate a lot more, I'd be as big and strong as I possibly could be. Um, and then I would just pay a little more attention to, uh, to my schoolwork, make it a little easier on myself. I, I had to like <laughs> crawl myself out of so many holes that eventually made it hard. Like, yeah, I would miss a test or I would miss a homework time and I didn't do it and I was able to chill for a couple hours. But it's like, what that did to me weeks later, again, that delayed gratification, it's like, I, I dug myself out of so many holes. Had like so bases many- bases loaded every inning. Every inning, every, every single inning, inning bro. It was every bases loaded. Base loaded, loaded. nobody else. Two change up on the corner every time. If I didn't, I was gonna get beat up or something. Like, that's what it felt like. And uh, yeah, dude, I would just, um, I would just really focus on being as, as, as strong as I possibly can with my body, giving myself the best chance, as in making sure my grades were dialed in. The path of least resistance, bro, I made my path so resistant. It's like so – it was it was so it's many, like, obstacles in my way, you know. I just had to, like, decipher yeah. this. And I had a lot of help, too. If I didn't have some of the help at a, t- at a, at a time where I needed it, I wouldn't be here, man. So it goes yeah. to my wife, Cassie, who was one of my girlfriend at the time, who helped me pass the stats class. Uh, her parents, my parents, uh, the list goes on and on, man. So I had a lot of help, and I just made uh, some people's days a little harder than it needed to be, myself included. 
And um, can't wait for your son to come. I know, man. I know. <laughs> so I'm gonna hopefully tell him that, man. Make things make stuff a little easier on yourself, bro. So he'll listen as well as you. Yeah, yeah. probably. No, not probably. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. You'll have to change your tactics, right? Um, but yeah, I w- that's what I would do, man. I would I would give myself the, the least path of resistance, and, and what that means is I become super in touch with like what I need to do physically every single day, whether that's eat more or go to sleep on time. We've been talking a lot about the video how you can eat more. a little more, you yeah, know, it's, it's, little thing, little things throughout every day that would have benefited me so much without even me realizing it. Um, and then, yeah, I would have been, been in the classroom, just pay a little more attention, just apply myself just a tad more. It's not that I was dumb. I just didn't care about doing any of the stuff that people were telling me to do. I thought I'd be fine no matter what because I play baseball. Literally, that was my safe haven. It was my yeah. safety net. I play baseball, so it's all going to work out. But you can play baseball. You can you can shoot pool. You can be a scientist. You can do anything you want to be. You don't put in the work in to do things you're trying to do. You're just gonna get you're gonna fall through the cracks. So uh, that almost happened to me, man. And uh, I had a lot of help, and I got really lucky that it didn't quite happen to me, but very easily could have. And um, I'm a prime example of uh, of uh, I guess of letting things transpire how they're supposed to. Like you got to take hold of some stuff, man. If you just let things happen, you're just gonna fall through the cracks. So I had to kind of like take the reins. Finally, yeah, that helped a lot. That would be Cassie. Yeah, Cassie took the reins. Cassie took yeah. the rein. I took the half a rein. Yeah, no. Cassie took the reins and kind of guided it, and then let you hold it for a while. Yeah, no doubt. Pretend to tried hold it. steering off, and then <laughs> right. she grabbed it again, and then now she's like, she okay. like the bumper rails. She like, yeah, bouncing off both rail. Finally got to the pins. It's funny when you say that. So when when the college boys are here and the pro kids are here, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Uh, summer for the college boys and stuff. I always ask this question in front of the boys and my boys that are listening. Remember what Alan said, because we have not talked about this is I always say, if you could go back to high school and change two things, you only get two. I just asked this last week to one of the boys, what would you change? And 99.99% of the time is I would change how I went about school mm-hmm. and I would change my body. And my work ethic on my body. That is like, that is the most common, like it's almost a hundred percent. Yeah. And so explaining to the boys, oh, it's Hunter. Hunter and Jalen were in there. Mm -hmm. And some of the high school boys were there. And and, and when they had said, you know, I would change. Jalen was better in school, but he, like he said, my body, I would understand my body better. And then we go back to years ago. um, I had some boys that wanted to take some enhancers, mm-hmm. you know, for their body, SARMs, and I, I don't yeah, know the some other, clinical terms yeah. for them. And for the parents that are, you know, listening, I sent them to a guy here in town. And uh, and I said, please talk to my boys. They're older. They were all gap earring or seniors. And uh, I said, well, you talked to him. And he said, yeah, but, you know, I'm going to tell them everything. I said, that's why I'm sending them to you. Right. And um, so I did, and they came back. And it was unbelievable. The advice that he gave him was that you guys don't eat enough. And kids he said, that, and no, that's no. what we talked about. So for the parents, um, our kids eat 4,000 calories a day. We see to it to the best of our ability. And the funny part is they eat 4,000. So you eat your normal intake and then they eat four peanut butter sandwiches. Uh-huh. And a lot of the kids will cut them in half. And like you said, drink. 24 ounces of chocolate milk, like Nestle's quick powder syrup or whatever, and then the red label vitamin D milk. And whole that milk. is mm-hmm. whole milk, thank you. That is the same as a protein shake. 
in grams of protein and you eat your sandwiches throughout right. the day. So basically they take four sandwiches, cut them in half, breakfast, eat half after first period, half after second period and mm -hmm. so on. They would get through the day, eat lunch at school and have a full sandwich before they went to practice. The thing that blew me away the most was not the fact of how much stronger they got and their body took better. It was every one of those kids' grades went up. Anyway, and I was like... Your brain's function. Yeah, <laughs> it was fed. crazy. You're, you're giving your body sustenance. Well, what was happening was they were saying, I'm, I pay attention better in class. And then I remember back to my academic years, which were so good. Mm -hmm. I would sit in class starving, <laughs> staring at the clock, waiting for this thing to click over to the bell would ring just so I could put an apple, a banana, a Hershey's with almonds. Uh, we didn't have protein bars back then. So whatever, a granola bar, anything just to have some something in yeah. your body. And you don't think about stuff like that. And parents, you know, they'll tell me, you know, my kids eat me out of house and home. I'm like, dude, just get some bread and peanut butter. We right. actually have loaves of bread here with peanut butter. When the kids are in practice and they're not focusing, I'm like, are you hungry? They're like, I'm starving. Right. I'm like, go, go get, go, go, eat. go eat. We don't yeah. even care. We don't. We had a break in practice when I got to Campbell. It was a snack break. We had a honey yeah. stinger break. Hour and a half into practice. Everybody would stop what they were doing. We'd take a five minute break. We'd go into the dugout. We'd all grab a honey stinger. We'd eat it together, drink a little drink, go back out of practice. Genius. We're every a, coach, division one program. Every coach, every you coach can call it. And I remember when I played, and anybody that's listening that's, you know, over the age of me, they, <laughs> we weren't allowed to eat on the field. Right. Now I watch games. There's guys eating during games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was like taboo. For sure. Like, like, you need to stay focused. You need That was the, you know, the verbiage that was said yeah. to us. Now I see guys eating sandwiches in the fourth inning of a game. <laughs> But it's funny because you, yeah, you don't coolers are full of snacks. That's what I'm saying. You don't process the fact that that it's a seven o'clock game. We're showing up at, at noon. Mm -hmm. How are you not? I can remember paying kids when I was in Pro Bowl. I'm sitting in the bullpen giving kids money to go get hot dogs. Yeah, I traded a couple balls for hot dogs. That's when, what I was in, uh, <laughs> when I was in Jersey Shore playing against the Blue Claws. I was, I was in the bullpen as a kid asking for a ball four innings. I'm like, all right, I'll give you two baseballs, but you gotta bring back three hot dogs. He's like, all right. <laughs> Didn't have a dollar. I don't know how you got those hot dogs. <laughs> thanks, parents. But, Traded one ball. Yeah, thanks. But, yeah. no, I'm just saying, you don't. You had to. But, and that's it, that's been a huge emphasis with us out here. And the boys have been great. And it's funny because my boys that I see bring in food, pre-made food, mm -hmm. I am so proud of. And I know that yeah. sounds ridiculous. No, it's hard to do. It's accountability. That's what it is. It goes back to the accountability. Aiden Calvin is the most accountable kid that that he is. Cronier and Elijah Britt. That's what I'm talking about. Those kids are those kids are literally motivating to me. They are because Cronier come in and be like, "Yeah, I had 220 grams of protein yesterday." I'm like, "How? This hard to get 200 grams of protein? That's about you get you get pretty full. That's about my limit is 200. When I get to the end of the night, I clip that number and I'm good." A 180 to 200, that's right. He's like, yeah, I had 220 grams of protein yesterday. I had almost 300 the day before that. I'm like, one, that's a little too much. But two, that, that takes a lot. You have to wake up on time. You have to prep. You have to make food. You have to be in the kitchen to get even that oh, amount of protein. And it's like, dude, I wasn't, that wasn't even close to my radar when I was 16. Yeah, but you look at the development that's that happened close. to them once they started well, and, doing that. And it's funny because for me to call somebody 
about college for those boys? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm slapping three stamps on there. What's that? Like I, they're they're like, hard working. Yeah, that's, that's that's not normal, by the way. Too. It's like you get to these high levels, and I always thought like there's some kind of secret recipe for like these guys doing what they do. It's like not many people work that like that. Some guys are just really talented and they work pretty hard and they kind of just come, some guys it does come easy to them, yeah. but not everybody is they just doing don't last that. though. Those guys don't last. All the guys that I played yeah, with. It's only the elite of the elite that, that can do that. That's yeah. It's very small percentage, but I'm just not, but yeah. even division one guys, no, a lot of yeah. guys are not doing that. No, we, we try to talk about it a lot with my college guys and work with the Cal State. Guaranteed Kronager puts, talk- puts his meal plan together better than. 70% of that I would, I would go higher. I would go higher. Together. Yeah. Right. I'm just saying. There, but it's it's that focus. We talk yeah. about we talk about it. We can talk about it. But I can I can tell them all I want. They still have to do the work. They still have to and they do make the food. It's the most amazing. But our kids thing. that do it, it's crazy. It's a, it's 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 like, amazing. I'm, I'm proud of that driver's license. I know. And it's <laughs> just about like I think it goes back to like I always go back to Joey man when I was we were in college. It's like Joey would do every single thing possible. To like be ready to go to pitch and like do his yeah. thing. I was not that way. I would like the second, the night before, crushing Taco Bell. The night after, I'd swing by McDonald's, you know, and I'd just have a couple drinks here and there. I wouldn't like, wouldn't sleep that great, wouldn't eat that much throughout the day. And I'd, when Friday would hit, I'd go out there and I'd do my thing. And it's like Joey would be stretching on the living room floor, like doing all this hip mobility stuff like that. And it's like he would do everything possible. It's like, obviously, like I think both of us would tell you like our talent levels were a little different at the time. And it's like, you look at Kronjager, Kronjager's not maybe the best left-handed pitcher in all, all Bakersfield right now, but I guarantee the best left-handed p- pitcher in Bakersfield right now is not doing what Kronjager's doing. Yeah, and he's only you know? a sophomore. And he's only a sophomore. So it's like, it's just, it's like, if you can have both of them, you're really lucky, you know? Yeah. So, but if one of them is always controllable. It's like, yeah. why would you not just control the one that you can control no matter what? And that's what Jimmy does. That's what Elijah Britt does. That's what Joey did so well. It's like, that's what I wish I did when I was younger, because I, I could imagine I would have made my, my road a little easier. It would have yeah. got to pro ball a little earlier. Maybe we would have made a couple bucks before instead of living off of thirteen grand a year for four years, you know? Yeah, substitute teaching Mr. W. And substitute Mr. W, yeah, exactly. The the definition of a first rounder is Elijah Britt's body with James Cronjager's arm, Jimmy's arm, because he's left handed, mm-hmm. and Alan Wyland Alan Wyland's mentality. That's the definition of a first rounder. The guy who you are now mm-hmm. with Britt's body with Kroenegger's left arm. For sure. And so you don't see, I think there's 30 of them right. every year. That's mm-hmm. it. And somehow they find them. Right. They find those 30 guys, but that's the definition of the first rounder. The guy that's physically just, yep. you know. Physically gifted. Physically gifted, gifted. And, and physically like. He and mentally gifted. In. Mentally gifted, right. work ethic wise. And. You know, God forbid if you're left handed, it's got a lightning bolt sitting mm-hmm. in there somewhere. It's got something, something else. That so you take special. the the Scrassy, the Joey, you know, the preparation that he put in, and all the stuff that he put in, and then your mentality, because mm-hmm. you guys don't share the same mentality at all at that time. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so now, when you piece all that stuff together, mm-hmm. then you have that's that's what. Guys, you have the big leader. You, you have, have the big leader. You have, bro. That's, what you the, have, that's what those guys are doing. It's like that's what that's, they have. That's your uh, Kershaw, your Shears, mm-hmm. or the guy you said exactly. have been doing it for Verlander. Exactly. You know, those are the, if they take a combination, a little bit of each one of those guys. Yep. And that's that that longevity guy, that guy that's just the Tom Brady. You know, the, exactly. It's crazy. Those guys are 
That's why there's only a few of them. Yeah, there's only there's only one Tom Brady. You know, there's only you know few guys that have even got that type of level where you can even put them in the same conversation. They're not normal, but there's a lot of things that, that add up to them. There's a lot of things you can control that can get you yeah. as close as yeah. you physically or genetically could mm-hmm. get. Then you get a lucky. You got a little Bill Belichick. You got you know for sure. Yeah, yeah. You get rewarded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You you get rewarded for all that effort that you put in. Yeah. That's that's the I try to stress the boys, man. It's like, like I love nothing more than a sophomore in college coming back and talking to our boys that are freshmen and sophomores in high school because I ask them how fast did high school go by, and they're like, it just flashed, it was yeah, over. Yeah. And then, so I stress to my boys going to college, it, college is going to go by faster than mm-hmm. high school did. Absolutely, oh, yeah, for sure. And before you know it, you know, not sometimes there's days in the moment you're just like, is this ever going to end? Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden it flashes and it's gone. And then now you're sitting there going, gosh, dang it. I wish I would have freaking ran that extra hundred. Right. Or I wish I would have mm-hmm. not got there at nine in the morning, hung over. Yeah. You know, I would have got there at seven with, you know, some food. I knew Verlander and freaking Kershaw. They asked me to go work out with them. And I was like, hey, you know, the Matia joke now is like, the boys will call me and go, hey, we're heading to the gym. I'm like, go ahead and start with me. I'll be there right after. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or, or one of the boys will call me, Elijah will call me and go, hey, I'm heading to the gym right now. I'm like, oh, dude, you just missed me. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, it's just, uh, but yeah, and, and I don't know. I don't know how you bottle it. I don't know how you teach it. I don't know. But I know when the kids hear it enough. They start applying. No, no, they're no. really good about applying. Yeah, and then once they see other guys doing it and see, getting success, that's when it really starts to click. They're like, yeah, "Oh, it's, this is real. working for them. Mm-hmm. It could work for me, but it, it's still, it's still hard to do. Yes. It's never going to be an easy route. No, there's no easy route. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. It it's simple. Cool. It takes. Some it takes hard a lot to do. Yeah. yeah, that's what makes it so valuable, though. That's why it matters cool. so much. Cool. Yeah, that's exactly that's what makes it cool. But everybody wants that's to skip that. You don't want to skip that uh-huh. that hard part in the middle. If you think about like every book, every movie, there's always a hard part in the middle. Right. But people don't want to have that hard part in the middle. No, they really but don't, man. The ones who go through it, those are the ones who are successful. Person putting it, you see all these guys that like they, they tell you about their experiences, like what they did. What'd you do when you were blah blah? Oh, I did this, this, and this. And it's like you ask another guy, oh, I did this, this, and this. They're, they're uh, I hit two hundred times a day. I swung. I had 250 swings on the tee or whatever. Me and my dad went in the backyard and went to this park. We did this. And it's like everybody is doing that. Everybody understood they needed to do X, Y, Z to get to where they're doing. And maybe they had, they had some help, like you were saying. Yeah. They, had, they had a tall body. They had a six-foot frame. You know, they, yeah. they were already eating well. They put on weight easy. Little things like that. And they were talented. You know, those guys go on. But they had to work at that. They don't yeah. just have that. And you're around all those guys every day. That's the difference. Like, mm-hmm. like your your average parent, they're not seeing what all those big leaguers are doing exactly. every oh, single day. They're not. They're not around. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. No, they, they can't know. No. Not and, unless they've done it. And it's like you see these guys that have their. Like I would talk to some guys that their their dads didn't play the big leagues. I can't fathom that life. You know, my dad did not play the big leagues. Industrial electrician worked hard every single day, but. I can imagine waking up every day and being a six-year-old going to the clubhouse and being around those guys all day and imagine what that would do for me mentally. It's like not everybody has that same kind of – Oh, it's a huge dance. advantage, That's bro. a huge advantage. huge advantage, man. Mm-hmm. You know, most of those guys, their kids don't play. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't want to do that. I played with Derek Rodriguez, and that's uh, Pudge's son. Pudge's kid. And uh, he was in a clubhouse his whole entire life, his entire – from three years old to the time he was able to walk around, he was in a clubhouse. 
Yeah, that's Texas, all he knows. That's all he knows. Yankees and Miami and you name it. He was, went, went everywhere. I was like, damn, what a life that would be. And sure enough, he's a pro ball. You know? He's pretty good, too. But it's like he was probably so ingrained about what he needed to do to get there at such an early age and other people are. They don't even yeah. get that chance to keep playing and understand what they need to do. But he got it when he was eight, probably. Oh, I need yeah. to do this. You guys do that? Okay, I'll just do that. For sure. And all of a sudden, well, that's all he knows. Oh, yeah. I saw the funniest video my brother showed it to me yesterday. It was Ken Griffey Sr. playing with Ken Griffey Jr. And, uh, and you have to look it up. I don't know what it's on. Face, YouTube, or it's probably on YouTube. Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but just look up Ken Griffey Jr. grounding his senior. There's a fly oh, ball hit to left the field, and they're in Seattle, and Ken Griffey Jr. Sr. standing under the ball calling it, and here comes Ken Griffey Jr. He just catches it and <laughs> runs to the dugout, right? And Ken Griffey Sr. is kind of laughing. They head to the dugout, and he's like, we get into the dugout. He's like, you're grounded. And he's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean you're grounded? He's all laughing. He said, I'm not laughing. He's you're like, grounded. you don't. it's not what you do. You're grounded. Give me the keys. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just really cute. But junior being, I mean, you're just, man, you're just like, like it's just a different upbringing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, he's all there. But so I'm saying he's around the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Only. You know? He's around the one percenters. Yes. How else are you going to act? Yeah, no choice. You go to prison? Like, yeah. I mean, that's the, that would be the only extreme that, Literally. that you, um, you know, and I, I laugh at some of the kids are like, I don't want to do baseball. My dad was really good at baseball and I don't want to do that. I'm like, how is that even a thought? Right. Tiger Woods kids not playing golf. <laughs> really? Like, how does that, that doesn't make any sense? It's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. You're just like, I would be like, yeah, Tiger Woods. If my kid wants to play, man, that'd be, I feel like I could give him all of the secrets. The secrets, you know, that people think they're secrets, but really they're not. But I feel like I can just tell him immediately, yo, you want to do this? Cool. We got to do this, this, and this. There's no other ways. That's only this way. Not not to extreme it with the grandson. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I told him. He said to me, I want to play baseball. Yep. And I said, all right, if you're going to play baseball, you're going to do this. This is what you have to do. You're going to hit left-handed. Right. I remember him being 12 years old and his dad coming. He's like, dude, he sucks left-handed. He's like, oh, for 200. <laughs> and I'm like, he sucks right-handed. He's like 10 for 200. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just because he got 10 hits right-handed doesn't <laughs> yeah. make him better. And I'm not, those are like serious talks. Right. And, and so you're, I told him, I'm going to give you every avenue possible right. to be successful at baseball, if you want to do baseball. Well, it's on Tommy, and Tommy's grinding out here at 6 a.m., getting out here and working out. It's like he's doing everything he needed to do. Dude, at 14, he told me, I don't want to play baseball anymore. I said, that's fine. Whatever you do, we're going to get help. Right. I want to play football. Good. I'm a, and I said, parents, I mean, I'm hiring a football coach. Mm-hmm. Figure out what you want to do. Because that is not in my lane. Right. That's not in my wheelhouse. It's not any of that stuff. So I said, you figure it out. And, and it ended up going the other way. He ended up getting hurt. Of like within 72 hours, mm-hmm. he got hurt and had to have a kidney removed Damn. from football. Right. So that was no more in no the picture. Yep. So I was like, well, guess I'm doing baseball. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, we'll, you know, we're going to uncover every, we're going to turn over every stone. Right. And if you don't make it, you can go to sleep at night. Exactly. If you make it, then you'll understand why you made it. Mm-hmm. You know, you understand because you put in that effort. You right. put in that. You you had direction. Empty the tank. You did everything you possibly every, can. Every everything you possibly can. From from the being accountable in school to yeah. being accountable at practice to being a good teammate. 
you know. Yeah, it's 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 um, it's it's whole. It encompasses the entire being of who you are. You know, it's like if you if you are able to, you know, obviously get to a certain point where you want to go. It's like Tommy, for instance, knew from like age fourteen. He's like, all right, I'm doing this, and he's like, I need to do X, Y, Z in order to get myself there. It's like a lot of guys get to it at the end. It's like, man, I never did X, Y, Z. It's like my, for me, this off season, I can think back. If I had previous off season and didn't go the way I needed to go, and I and I got released and I stopped playing, I would definitely have that feeling. Like, damn, I don't think I was doing what I needed to be doing. Exactly, yeah. that is the worst. It's a horrible feeling. You know? Feeling in the world for a fifty-year-old man, forty-year-old man, thinking he could have made it. Right. And that's for me. That's when parents extreme go the other way. Right. You know what I mean? They hammer it down on the kid. This is what I should have done, and you're like, I'm not you. Yeah, exactly. And so it's trying to find that balance. No doubt. You know, to where, and here's the funny part, Tommy's uh, Tommy's journey or whatever you want to call it is played out more from you guys than anything else. Mm-hmm. I just surrounded him around older kids that had that dream. Right. And he watched. And he watched some kids work hard. Oh, yeah. Joey Scrasic, mm-hmm. Kyle King, Jackson Vaughn. Right. He watched those guys, and those guys were the definition of unbelievable work ethic. No doubt. So he, in somewhere in his pea brain mind, he was like, "Well, I'm going to outwork them," right. and I'm laughing. It's impossible. Right. And the funny part is, he did not work any of them, but he worked even with them, mm-hmm. and they blazed this path for. And then today, we're talking, yeah. you know, five, six, seven, ten years later, you got your Brits and Friesens and. Yep. Cronegers and the boys, you know, blazing their path. Stovers, you know, mm-hmm. those boys out there blazing a path for the kids yeah. and they watch them. Right. You know, um, that's pretty neat. Mm. Pretty neat for the next group of kids to come in yeah. to watch those boys. How good? They just follow. How good? You mimic what you're around. What, what do parents like you are, who you hang out with? No, definitely. You know what I'm saying? And if you yeah, hang out with those here, guys, that's you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. There's worse crowds, man. Yeah. There's worse crowds. Yeah. Well, thanks, Alan. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. This is fun. I enjoyed it. This episode of the Covering All Bases podcast is also sponsored by Moffitt Training Systems. If you're interested in improving your athleticism for the game of baseball or softball, or if you're a retired athlete and would like to continue to train, we have online and in-person training that can help you reach your goals. Visit MoffettTrainingSystems.com to learn more. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Covering All Bases podcast. We encourage you to leave us a five-star review and share this episode with one of your teammates, one of your friends, or anyone else you know that is trying to get to the next level, whether that be baseball, softball, high school, college, or professional. We want to give the best information to those who need it. So please share it out. We look forward to talking to you again soon.